Greetings and welcome to the new episode of Cyber Talks. I'm your host, Lailo Mirali. Today, we have two special guests, Darwin Murich from the Center for Democratic Transition in Montenegro and Mila Josefovska-Danielovska from Metamorphosis Foundation in North Macedonia. Both are contributors to the recently published book, Online Actions, Offline Harms, Case Studies on Gender and Cybersecurity in the Western Balkans. In this episode, we're discussing the situation in which women and girls find themselves online being targeted and subject to abuse and sexism, and how this often leads to self-censorship, even among influential women, such as politicians. Welcome to both of you. Thank you for the invite. Thank you. Let's get started. First, in online action offline harms, you both write about the ways in which women voices are being silenced in online public spaces. How is this harm done? And who are the main targets? Mila, let's start with you. How would you answer this from the North Macedonian analysis? Well, in our experience, women's voices in online public spheres are being silenced through really a plethora of standard but also new means and mechanisms that keep arising, mostly through social media, from trolling to doxing, uh, reputation damage, hate speech online. When it comes to uh, silencing uh, women online, it really involves either an organized set of attacks, mostly targeted at public political figures, um, female journalists as well, or individual attacks uh, targeting individuals, most often influencers. Being online and visible and visible to all, these methods create like a sort of an avalanche of like-minded online harassment and hate speech directed to the female victims. Now, the main target of these methods, uh, just as you yourself uh, mentioned, often include women who are vocal uh, about social and political issues. Often they are public figures, um, activists, also uh, human rights defenders, and of course those challenging the traditional gender role. We had such cases uh, with female ministers and female mayors who were ridiculed based on their appearance, then female journalists, influencers, up to also ourselves in Metamorphosis Foundation who were uh, really targets of a smearing and defamation campaign where Unsurprisingly, the majority of the hate speech uh, that was directed to the female employees was associated with our personal appearance. And this was much less the case for the male employees, given the, of course, prevalence of misogyny and sexism in hate speech online. So I would say that shortly this really wraps up our, our experience in North Macedonia. Thank you, Mila. So what you're saying is that the scale and scope of these attacks constantly evolve and constantly spread and everyone becomes a target, but especially those who are in the public sphere. Darwin, on the same point, what are the main insights from Montenegro? Well, the situation is, you know, our entire Western Balkans region is you know, similar in, in a lot of ways and uh, the ways that people uh, are trying to, to silence uh, women, female voices uh, is pretty much similar. You know, we, we had uh, we had uh, a lot of examples of, of online uh, ridicule, offensive uh, 
caricatures, uh, tra even threats, uh, and uh, you know, uh, ridiculing on 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 the based on the appearance, and it 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 no one's been spared uh, of that. We had uh, you know politicians from uh, both uh, from both poles, you know, uh, right wing, left wing. It doesn't matter as long as it's a female politician, as long as it's a female activist. It's it. They're always being. Uh, primary targets of, of these, you know, hate comments. Uh, we had situations where uh, ministers, uh, female ministers have been insulted uh, and even uh, threatened in the streets, On, uh, but it all begins uh, in in the internet. So uh, that's, that's the thing that uh, we here uh, see as the biggest problem that it started transferring from the uh, web to the real lives, to, to put it in that way. But, you know, we had examples, as I said, of uh, female ministers, uh, female NGO activists, female journalists, they're always uh, primary attacks. Female MPs, there is this, uh, like, uh, the, the most persistent case, we have this female uh, MP that's always the target, you know, she she has this specific way of, of, of dressing, you no, and people always target that. It's like they don't even uh, listen to what she says. It's it's always you know attack based on her appearance. And as I said, uh, we see it as a big problem that it's starting you know to transfer from uh, from internet to, to real life and we even had cases that you know uh, our minister of education needed uh, police security because of such cases. Fascinating discussion and all these empirical examples that you bring into the analysis. And you obviously highlighted that the same threat pattern, the same categories of people are being targeted, just like Mila uh, discussed in her case. It's politicians, journalists, those basically who are in the public sphere. Uh, Darwin, let me continue with you, please, specifically concerning female politicians. This book has this statement based on the remarks by researchers, and I quote, by involving themselves in politics, women break the rules of patriarchy and defy the structures that uphold a patriarchal society, unquote. Then you cite a parliamentarian in your statement that, and I quote again, violence against women in cyberspace has one goal, to humiliate women who have the courage to be active and visible in public, unquote. Could you tell us more about how these harms affect women? You obviously mentioned that some of them actually do translate into offline harm. And how, especially women in, in, in activism and journalism, and how, how are these, how does one react to such narratives? When I tell you this, you, you're going to see the, the, you know, uh, how important and, and how big this issue is. Uh, recently, uh, our government, we, uh, Montenegro got new government. This is the government with, I think, the least women in, 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 in like past 20 years. We only have four female ministers. Our, uh, our parliament has least women in, in years back. So it, it has its effect, you know. Uh, women are withdrawing their i think that they do not feel comfortable in uh, to to raise their voice you know to to talk about big issues because they're always being pressured uh, montenegro is traditional and, and and you know it's like i i think i i would dare to say that the hardest patriarchal heart uh, in 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 the entire balkans 
and it's all related. But as I said, uh, it, it, th those kind of pressures, those kind of you know insulting and and uh, uh, online attacks ha give the results because you know women are are uh, every you know uh, it's it's rare now to for young women to to put themselves you know in front of uh, some organization some you know there, there isn't a single uh, political party uh, where we, a woman is a president you know for example so uh, besides the, the the male domination through the tra traditional patriarchy and and such uh, I, I think women are uh, you know actively discouraged by to be exposed to to you know represent their ideas their beliefs and it's all result of of this kind of behavior that we that I mentioned earlier Again, you, your cases illustrate the real impacts, the real negative impacts that these cases, that how does the online harm translate into offline harm? And most common, it manifests itself in self-censorship, obviously, as, as you mentioned. But again, online spaces tend to mirror the experiences of women offline. And again, your cases do illustrate that very well, except online spaces amplify these threats. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, uh, it, it's usual for a minister of police to have police escort. It's usual for minister of defense to have police escort. But uh, we had situation here where minister of education uh, had to have police escort and where one female uh, MP had uh, to have a police securing her apartment. And it's all because of these, you know, uh, because of these online attacks. And let me uh, explain one thing. These two, uh, this uh, female minister of education and this uh, MP that, that uh, had the police security, they're both, uh, they're from uh, absolutely different uh, politics. You know, one is on one uh, pole of politics, uh, the one on another. So it doesn't matter right wing, left wing. No, it's, it's uh, you know, it's it's same for women on on. on on every side. Fascinating. Everyone could become a, ta a target. Um, Mila, may I return to you? You mentioned the approach of some women to hate speech online, and I quote, women who have experienced online abuse are sometimes prone to self-censorship as self-protective measure. This is the so-called chilling effect of hate speech. And in the most cases, extreme cases, um, it can lead victims to completely withdraw from public life, unquote. Are you seeing any ways uh, this can be effectively addressed in North Macedonia and in the region as a whole? Uh, please, over to you. Mm, well, yes. Uh, actually, I I agree with everything that Darwin said because the case is pretty much the same here. Like in our experience, women in the public eye that react in different ways to online hate speech from uh, choosing to ignore it uh, those that can to blocking or reporting perpetrators or trolls in order to prevent them from further harassing them. But it's very difficult when you're a public figure to block them when you want to be inclusive to all opinions. And it's also technically very difficult if their number is high. Luckily, there are those women that are not afraid to use their own platforms to address or condemn the online hate speech by sharing their experience, by raising awareness uh, about the impact of such behavior. But what is devastating is that um, 
some women do decide to step down from their positions, to withdraw within themselves, cut all communication, or some, just as you mentioned, uh, do even decide to self-censor themselves, especially female journalists who just start avoiding taboo topics to work on, let's say. Now, addressing the online hate speech online is really a, a complex and ro robust challenge. And there is really not a single solution that can completely eliminate it. But this is exactly why we need collective efforts from multiple stakeholders, from institutions, judiciary, uh, the civic sector, the academia and the educational sector. We need to start promoting a, a safer and um, a more inclusive digital environment uh, to prevent the spread of harmful ideologies in a way. And in that way, we help each person, regardless of their affiliation or gender, to preserve their own dignity and not experience any real life consequences that could arise from online hate speech. Now, for this to be addressed, we really need very strong and human-centric policies that support the prevention of hate speech online. But what's most important and what we see as an issue here in North Macedonia is that we need to ensure that these um, sanctions are applied equally and not only in cases of people of power or uh, cases involving public office holders. What is lacking also is providing the victims of hate speech with support. Uh, and this also would include ensuring that the reporting mechanisms um, are user friendly. They allow for a safe reporting of these crimes uh, without any inhibitions to, of course, all the competent authorities. And what I believe and what I'm really fighting for is that education is key here. We need to launch comprehensive and meaningful awareness raising campaigns for different categories of citizens. And these need to be done with a collaboration of multiple stakeholders. The civic sector here plays a crucial role because it has a direct link to the citizens. Then the academia, the state institutions, we need to educate the public about uh, gender-based hate speech, the risk that it poses to women, to girls, to society at large. And in that way, hopefully, we would encourage reporting and build institutional practices in this regard. And what Metamorphosis Foundation is has been working on for the past two decades uh, that I really think would uh, aid such a campaign is the introduction of digital and media literacy in formal education curricula at different levels of education, of course, adapted to the mindset of the students and the register and the activities. Um, so far, uh, there have been initiatives for such an introduction, but um, not with a very happy end, let's say. Mila, you laid out uh, many tangible recommendations for relevant stakeholders, and indeed a multi-dimensional issue requires a multi-dimensional solution. Your answers, both of you, have given us new perspective on this important topic. To conclude, a question to both of you. What would your message be to the women whose voices have been silenced online? There's only one correct answer as far as I'm concerned. You know, you have to keep pushing. You, 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 it, it is difficult, but, uh, you know, uh, 
no one should should let their voice be silent silenced you know in i know there's no protection from the state there's no protection from institutions but there is always you know like uh, as as uh, mila said you know uh, civic sector uh, ngos there you know there's always there, there's always someone there's always core of people that will support you that will push you through and uh, Female voices are are uh, being silenced for far too long here, and uh, you know Western Balkans is, is is famous for for silencing successful women, uh, you know, out of fear, out of I don't know what anymore. But uh, women here need to push through, need to you know find allies uh, to for their to fight for their cause uh, in anywhere they can. So I'm um, you know. It's hard to tell this to someone uh, who's being threatened on 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 the internet. It's, it's you know it, I I know the, we have some colleagues here that that went through such stuff, and I know it's hard to tell them this story. You know, like keep fighting. I, I cannot I I can't ever understand their position because it, it can never be the same. But you know, women just can't can't give up and. Uh, all, all, you know, uh, reasonable people must uh, unite and uh, push them through together. Indeed, studying this topic in itself is challenging. Mila, could you add to this discussion also? I was thinking about this question while uh, Darwin was uh, answering, but also while uh, designing the research that we did. And I was always inclined to say, don't give up disregard the perpetrators and trolls, follow your calling. But I know that it's easier said than done. Uh, the thing is that we do not have enough support mechanisms for such victims and their words matter, their experiences matter, the right to express themselves of course matters and the, word, the world needs their perspective, their uh, resilience in the face of adversity inspires positive change. And I'm very sorry to say that this is exactly the reason why we do not have that many women in politics and women in journalism, uh, women uh, public uh, position holders. Building your own community of support is also one of the recommendations that I would get or, or just joining other support communities because these are not isolated cases and these victims are not alone. By continuing to speaking their to speak their truth and following their calling, it would really help when they share their story for others who have been in the same situation to gain strength in combating this issue, to become inspired in a way. And in this way, by creating allies in a way, they can amplify their message and build a stronger platform, uh, let's say. Indeed, they're not alone in this. And in fact, some of these findings are actually representative of global trends. These results actually apply to global studies when it comes to experiences of women online. Not giving up is your message to the, listener, to, to the listeners, but also to those women who are active in public eye, Mila. Thank you so much. Thank you, Darwin and Mila, for being here today and for bringing more visibility and awareness to this important issue. Well, thank you for having us and providing us with this platform to just share our message. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Thank you for having us. It's been a real pleasure talking about such an important topic.
Likewise, and we'll follow your important work further. That's it for this episode of Cyber Talks. Don't forget to check out the book Online Action, Offline Harms, Case Studies on Gender and Cybersecurity in the Western Balkans, which is available on DCAF's website. We'll be back with more insightful discussions on cybersecurity. Thank you for listening and stay tuned.